0: Hey guys, it's Leah Buckles from Procedural Wide Medical Consulting. I am a U.S. Army Physician Assistant veteran and um, former CMP examiner. So today I was going to come on and discuss um, Agent Orange presumptive conditions. Uh, there's a lot of information out there, whether it's on VA.gov. Some of the more popular, um, you know, VA-accredited law firms have um, a lot of great blogs about this topic. Um, and there's just tons of Vietnam veterans out there that are either service-connected for um, disorders related to Agent Orange exposure, or are seeking service connection for these. Or may, maybe you just don't even know about, um, you know, the specifics surrounding Agent Orange, um, you know, presumptive conditions, exposure, and you know, locations, times, stuff like that. So I wanted to just give a brief rundown of some of those facts that surround this and and some good resources you can use to get more information and find out um, so that you can apply for these benefits if you haven't already and um you know either on your own if you're pretty savvy with it or with your veterans um, your local county veteran service officer or you know whoever is representing you um accredited agent attorney or whatever in the process so um Okay, so Agent Orange was an herbicide that was used during Vietnam, um, and there are several medical conditions that have been known to be tied to um, exposure to this, right? So, some of them are cancerous, some of them are non-cancerous, and the Department of Veterans Affairs has a list of these conditions um, that they have already decided are um, what's considered presumptive. So I keep saying this word presumptive. What does that mean? So it means that, um, veterans that meet certain eligibility criteria based on, um, the disorder that they have and, um, the location perhaps that they served, it's, it should essentially be automatic that they are, um, service connected for this issue. Now, not everything is like 100% black and white. There's always stuff that can pop up, but generally speaking, if you served in location X and you have condition Y um, presumption if the VA has decided that there's this is a pre- presumed disability um, they are going to grant service connection for that right um, do you need a nexus letter no do you ever need a nexus letter and I say this all the time right I write nexus letters or medical opinion letters. No, they're never required, right? Um, They can be helpful in your pursuit of VA disability at at times, right? But when we're talking about presumptive conditions that the law, you know, the VA policy and federal law has already put out that this is, hey, if you have this, um, then we're gonna service connect you for this. You know, it's pretty black and white and you should be able to just say, hey, here's my medical records that support this. Here's my DD-214 that shows I was serving in this location. And it should be, fairly easy. Right. Um, so let's talk about what the presumptive locations and things like that, um, you know, are right. So if you go over to va.gov and you search, you know, agent orange exposure on va.gov, it it really breaks it out really well. And so, um, basically they say, um, I've got it up here, so I'm going to read some of it off so I don't mess it up. Um, So you have to meet one of these service requirements listed on the website. So between January 9th, 1962 and May 7th, 1975, you must have served for any length of time in at least one of these locations, right? So either in the Republic of Vietnam, aboard a US military vessel that operated in the inland waterways of Vietnam, on a vessel operating not more than 12 nautical miles seaward from the demarcation line of the waters of Vietnam or Cambodia, or on a regular perimeter duty on the fenced-in perimeters of a U.S. Army installation in Thailand or Royal Thai Air Force Base. These bases include I'm not even going to pronounce them. There's a bunch of them on here because I'm going to butcher them and then y'all are going to be hating on me, right? Um, but there's a bunch and that's kind of like the the perimeter duty. That's kind of a sticky one that I see a lot um, proving perimeter duty. Um, and in a lot of those cases, it really kind of comes down to do you have buddy letters? Um, maybe you were not on perimeter duty, but you spent a lot of time there, you know? So those, those can be kind of the sticky ones in those Thailand cases, but moving on. Um, Or some of the other things are that you served near the Korean DMZ for any length of time between September 67 and August 31st, 1971. Or you served on active duty in the regular Air Force unit location where C-123 aircraft with traces of Agent Orange was assigned, right? And had repeated contact. So if you were on flight duty, medical duty, whatever, and you were touching those aircraft all the time and that's where the Agent Orange was, that, that can be considered um, presumptive. Um, if you were a reservist on a flight line ground or medical crew duties um, at one of the following locations, so Lockbourne or Rickenbacker Air Force Base in Ohio, and there's some dates, um, it's like 69 to 86, Westover Air Force Base or Pittsburgh International Airport um, assigned to the 758th Airlift Squadron. So there, there's a whole bunch of them on there. Um, there's information for the Blue Water Navy Vietnam vets that 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 was a big deal in 2019. Um, so basically, I just want you guys to not memorize all that stuff, but know that there is a resource on va.gov that can kind of go over some of those locations with you and the timelines. Right. So, um, you know, basically, we talked about locations. Let's talk about some of the conditions. Right. So some of the conditions, um, there were three that were just added recently. So we'll go over those two. Um, so amyloidosis, um, chronic B cell leukemias, um, chloracne, diabetes, that's a big one. So type two diabetes, um, that's probably the most popular one that I see, um, because it's a very common condition. So if, if you served in one of those locations that I previously discussed, and then you have Type 2 diabetes, this is going to be a presumptive condition. And then don't forget all of the conditions that are residuals or secondary, you know, if you have peripheral, um, diabetic peripheral neuropathy, um, retinopathy, um, diabetic skin changes, things like that. And I have a cute, I have a good story about that in a second, but um, Hodgkin's disease, ischemic heart disease, multiple myeloma, non Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's disease early onset peripheral neuropathy. Now, this is different than diabetic peripheral neuropathy, okay? If you had early onset, and this is another one where I kind of see get sticky sometimes. So, if somebody develops peripheral neuropathy 25 years later, that's not really what they're talking about. They're talking about somebody within a year or so of, of their exposure developing peripheral neuropathy, okay? So, if Veteran Snuffy developed it 25 years later, it may not meet that criteria. Now, if Veteran Snuffy was diagnosed 10 years later or whatever, but had the symptoms ever since and his personal history is like, hey, I've had these symptoms since then, that's still kind of a go, right? Because if you had the symptoms, but you just weren't diagnosed, didn't see the doctor or whatever, you didn't have insurance, that's a different story. But if the symptoms didn't start up until, you know, decades later, um, that, that can be tough right? Unless it's that diabetic one and it's tied to diabetes, okay? Um, so um, prostate cancer, respiratory cancers, um, soft tissue sarcomas, um, there, there are exceptions to that, and that's osteosarcoma, chondrosarcoma, and Kaposi's, car- I probably butchered that too, uh, sarcoma and mesothelioma. The three new ones that got added in um, 2021 are going to be bladder cancer, hypothyroidism, and um, Parkinson- Parkinsonism. So, um, and I believe you want to check with your DSO or accredited agent. I believe those last three, if you had previously applied for these and were denied, I think that those are being retroactively paid if you if you applied for them. But again, that's I'm not an accredited agent or attorney, so you may want to follow up with that. Um, with somebody who can help you look into that, right? Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about hypertension getting at it, I hope it does. Um, I don't know what the scoop is on that. Um, So that's that. Um, Oh, so the story I wanted to tell you guys was like one of my favorite people in my VFW troop, I will not name his name, um, he unfortunately for many years kept getting denied for diabetes, kept getting denied, kept getting denied. And the problem was, is that his DD 214 had an addendum page that had, um, his Vietnam service on it. And so when, every time he kept going, he kept getting denied because they, they didn't have that addendum page and they just kept denying him saying he wasn't boots on ground in Vietnam, blah, blah, blah. And so eventually, um, I took a look at this with him and it really wasn't a me thing because, you know, it was, you know, Really, just this was back when I was a CMP examiner, so the VA wanted an opinion, anyways, but it was really just corrected based off of the DD214 being figured out. But then he had all these other conditions, right? So he had diabetes, but he also had like um, diabetic skin changes, peripheral neuropathy, retinopathy, um, all these diabetic complications, and erectile dysfunction, all this kind of stuff. And so we were able to, you know, he was 10% tinnitus at the time. Right. And so after we finished the CMP exam and added all those secondary conditions that were related to the diabetes, he wound up getting a hundred percent BA disability and it was backdated. Like, I don't really even know. I think it was like three or four years that it had been pending in this, in this process. And he was just like, in tears. And he's one of my favorite stories I'll never forget. And he was just like, I'll never have to worry about anything again. And again, I didn't really do anything on that. I was so happy to be a part of it. Um, but just the system getting corrected and, and my kind of feedback to you guys on that is just to never give up. Right. I know it can be so difficult and so many veterans get just beat down by the system and not understanding it, Um, but just make sure you're with your advocate and you just keep pushing. If you believe that that there is a legitimate service connection and something's getting looked over or they're not reviewing the evidence correctly, they're human, people are human, we make mistakes, right? Just don't give up, make sure you use your resources, VA.gov has this great information. There's also a search for accredited agents there where you can find someone in your local area by like zip code. You can put it in, I think, and and find some good um, advocates in your area. I hope this was helpful um, on Agent Orange presumptive conditions. Let me know if there's anything else that you guys want to hear about. And um, I hope you enjoyed the content and I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks.